already, but we're going to go ahead and kick it off with our interview with Frosty Myers. Could you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, hi. Um, I'm thrilled to be here, and uh, um, Fort Collins is an amazing place. I had no idea um, <laughs> it was going to be this cool. And uh, I'm glad you like it. Oh, yeah, and there's a... a, a I'm in a show here. That's one of the reasons I'm here and uh, at the college. And um, anyway, my real name is Forrest Myers, F-O-R-R-E-S-T. And uh, my nickname is Frosty. But once you're Frosty, you're always Frosty. You're always Frosty. I can't can't go back. And uh, anyway, uh, I've been an artist for, oh, God, my whole adult life. I started making art when I was about 16, 17 and uh, serious art. By the time I was 19, I was right in the thick of it, you know, having shows, making sculpture. Wow. Uh, I'm a sculptor. I like big scale stuff, uh, challenging work. I do a lot of different things. Uh, in fact, if you see one of my shows, uh, you know, like a retrospective or something, it looks like a one man group show because there's so <laughs> many different things that I'm working with. And that's what excites me. What's next? What's coming? What's uh, going to come in my mind? What kind of mediums are you going to be doing it in? Well, I'm basically a metal sculptor. Gotcha. But I've also put art on the moon. I was the first artist to uh, uh, send art to another celestial body. Yes, you are. And uh, so, you know, that was 50 years ago. I guess we can talk about that in a moment. But uh, one, of, one of the things that, that, that makes me who I am is I hit the ground running in New York City, uh, about 1962, and it was just past the beginning of a fantastic renaissance. And I, I don't use that term loosely. This was the real thing. Um, the first renaissance, as we all know, was uh, in Lascaux with the cavemen. So there's been a few renaissances since then. You know, the Italian, and there was a renaissance in Paris at the turn of the century. And then uh, the 1950s in New York City, and uh, I jumped in sort of in the middle of that. So uh, so you're a renaissance man. I am. <laughs> if only I could write a poem, a decent poem, I could claim that. But uh, And New York City is, I'm sorry, but that's the greatest city in the world, still is. Uh, Better than Fort Collins. Uh, yeah. Wow. Different. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, you're going to need some taller buildings. Yeah, uh, that's true. We don't have any of those. Uh, we've got mountains. Yeah, they're like buildings. Yeah, but they, there you they go. have nature in them. Yeah, man-made buildings. Or so, I guess nature-made buildings. <laughs> man-made buildings are just buildings. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the Moon Museum for a sec, because uh, when I... The, the Moon Museum is almost a misleading title in a way. When I when I learned what it was, I was actually pretty surprised. So for those who are listening who may not know what the Moon Museum is... Is it an actual museum? What is it? Actually, it's a small ceramic chip that's three, quarter of an, three quarters of an inch long, uh, half an inch wide, and one thirty-second of an inch thick. And what it is is that Bell Labs in New Jersey were working on computer chips because this was the time where we're going to the moon and... We had we don't, hadn't have uh, cell phones, personal computers hadn't been invented yet, 
So Bell Labs, which is a series of, of scientists and inventors, um, were working on printing these little circuits that were computer circuits. And I was working with a, uh, uh, a group called Experiments in Art and Technology. And it was run by uh, William Kluver. We called him Billy Kluver. But uh, the idea was to pair artists with scientists and get some kind of cross-pollination going. So when I had this idea of sending art to the moon, um, I got in touch with these scientists at Bell Labs, and they took my idea and made it real. And they printed one of these chips. Uh, I had asked five of my friends, who happened to be great artists, and myself, um, to do small drawings. These drawings are about six inches by six inches. And uh, I arranged them, there's six of them, I arranged them in rows, and then these engineers shrunk these things down onto one of these computer chips. And it's that computer chip that went to the moon. And that computer chip, which is called the Art Museum, I mean the Moon Museum, because it, it, it looked like a museum because it had six artists on it, and it's this tiny little thing. Um, so that was November 1969. And that was Apollo 12. That was the second moon landing. And it was attached by one of the scientists, uh, engineers in Cape Canaveral. It was put on one of the legs of the lunar lander. And so it's still there now. Um, and with a lot of other memorabilia, uh, a lot of the engineers wanted to send something to the moon. It wasn't just me. And so there's a lot of stuff. At some point, they're going to go up there and find you know, an archaeology dig is going to go up there to the moon and find this stuff. And um, anyway, it was all very exciting. And um, but see, we we didn't know. We needed to know if the thing was actually placed on there, because otherwise we couldn't celebrate. So, one of the engineers, actually the engineer that placed the thing on the lunar lander, we think on the leg sent us a telegram, sent me a telegram. One of the other engineers, uh, who was sort of the uh, manager of this project, sent him a telegram saying that he had placed it there. So the next day, when the, when the thing landed, uh, we knew it was there, and then we went and it was another excuse to open a bottle. <laughs> and we celebrated. And, um, and it was very exciting for, for quite a while. But frankly, I had forgotten about this thing just about for 50 years. <laughs> and then when the anniversary, the 50th anniversary came around, it's amazing. It got all of this attention. And I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, uh, it was in five major shows, uh, four of them in Europe. Well, three of them in Europe and two here, one in Fort Collins and one at the Metropolitan Museum. Um, in New York City, so it was well represented and celebrated. I'm sorry, I'm breathing so heavy. You know, oh, no, at, you right. know, at, at seven thousand feet or whatever it is, <laughs> it's um, a little rough. <laughs> uh, God, I'm huffing and puffing just just getting into bed. Yeah, it's you tougher. Know? It's tougher up here at altitude. Yeah, well, they said you know radio is hard work, but <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's what they meant. <laughs> Might have been. 
Well, you talked a little bit about the artists, but could you name some specific artists that were part of the Moon Museum? Oh, oh sure. Andy Warhol uh, did uh, the seminal drawing of, of his signature, which was an A and a W, and it sort of looked like a rocket ship. And it looked like something else <laughs> that can't be uh, mentioned on the radio. Yes. But um, That might encourage and of course, you to of look course, this up. <laughs> um, and, uh, you, you know, the, the, the second artist was uh, uh, Robert Rauschenberg. Uh, he did just sort of a straight, wavy line. And at first I thought, well, well what's that? But then I realized that, that a lot of his work pertained to this line uh, in different, different venues. And so it was, on second thought, it was really like what he did. Um, and, of course, as everybody knows, Warhol and uh, 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 Robert Rauschenberg are great artists. And uh, then I asked another friend of mine, uh, David Novros, who's one of the, the greatest painters of my generation. Um, and and uh, he, he gave me a drawing, which was mostly black, with some very faint lines in it. And at first, I didn't think that that was going to be reproducible. but. Uh, these guys, the, the way they were, the way they were using this technology, uh, it, they could do astounding stuff. Now they could put the whole moon museum; they could print it on the head of a pin. But back then, this was astounding that they could shrink uh, these six drawings onto such a small chip. The next artist was me, and um, I did a drawing of one of my seminal sculptures, which is sort of a a square loop. It's almost like a Mobius strip in that it comes back on itself, but it's four-sided, um, where a Mobius strip only has one side. Uh, in any case, it's called Laser's Days. And it was just a, a hand black and white drawing, and that was my contribution, except for the idea. And then the next artist was um, Claus Oldenburg, and um, he drew a little mouse that was seminal to the stuff he was working on. In fact, the, the, uh, the, the college museum here has one of these mouses, and it's in the show now. And uh, it's a terrific little sculpture. Um, so, so he did a drawing of his mouse. And then the next artist, the last artist, number six, was John Chamberlain. He was one of the world's great sculptors. Uh, and he did a drawing of, of a piece that he was working on, a whole uh, genre that he was trying to, 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 to work out. So it was experimental uh, on his part. And the show at the, at the college here um, has one of those pieces. And the, the show here at the college is in uh, just a wonderful show. I'm, I'm thrilled to see it. You know, I was seeing it in pictures and bits and pieces. And, but when I actually went in the room, it's, it's not a big show uh, in the sense that it's taking over the museum. But this little room has got so much energy in it. And these six artists with their work in this one room um, is pretty powerful. And it was exciting and uh, to be in that room. And of course, the curator and the head of the museum, uh, Lynn Bolin, uh, was the one who 
put that together. And it's just, uh, uh, it was just a genius, you know. I never expected it. And uh, so it's the best little show uh, in America right now. And uh, uh, <laughs> I like the characterization. So we have, we have Lynn Boland actually in yeah. the studio with us. Hey, Lynn. Hey, Max. So uh, you want to tell us a little bit about how you decided to put the Moon Museum exhibit up and what the process of that was like? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, probably about 12 years ago, 10 to 12 years ago, I was in grad school and got really interested in this group, Experiments in Art and Technology, uh, that really helped make the, the chip happen. Uh, Frosty did a lot of really important projects with this group. Um, and... So I got out of grad school. I started my first curatorial job. I was at the University of Georgia, and I, I met a guy who has become a really close friend, the most serious and focused and knowledgeable collector I think I've ever known. His name's Bo Ott. He's actually sitting here, too. And he, he we got to talking, and I, uh, you know, we, we were both really into experiments in art and, art and technology, and he asked me if I knew about the Moon Museum, and I didn't. And my mind was blown. Um, I couldn't believe I'd never heard of it. It was such an amazing idea, such an amazing project, work of art. I, I knew right away it had to be an exhibition someday. I didn't exactly know how I was going to pull it off. Um, you know, for one thing, the chip itself is tiny. Um, but it only took a, a, a few moments for me to realize, hey, wait, this is mostly based on other very large-scale work. So then it was just a matter of, you know, being able to pull that work together. And there again, uh, you know, we were really indebted to Boat because he uh, he was acquiring a lot of this art. And so the, the show that's up now is probably half drawn from his collection, I'd have to count, but um, really relied heavily on um, on that collection. So knowing that that was coming together, I I started at CSU about two and a half years ago, and I remember I came and gave my uh, my job talk, and uh, even included a pitch for the Moon Museum. I, I, I knew I really wanted to do this, and I thought it was going to be a great fit for CSU, especially realizing that the art museum, we've got one of Klaus Oldenburg's geometric mouse sculptures. Um, obviously, Warhol uh, plays a pretty big role in CSU's uh, art history. Um, his visit in 81 was a, was a pretty big deal. And we've got the giant soup can out in front of the building at the University Center for the Arts. So it just seemed like the perfect place to, to finally realize this exhibition. And with the 50th anniversary coming up, um, had, to jump, had to jump on it, had to make that happen. And we managed to pull it off, largely thanks to, to Boad and, of course, Frosty Myers, who agreed to let us take him along on this ride. <laughs> Seems like a great meeting of the minds. Yeah, it was terrific. Well, um, so I'm curious uh, what the response has been so far. And with the 50th anniversary, I'm sure it's gotten pretty big attention. What have you guys noticed? Well, what I've noticed is from these major museums, you know, uh, wanting the story, wanting uh, a replica of the chip um, so that they could display it. And it's... You know, their shows are based on going to the moon, but they're art museums, so the Moon Museum just uh, figured prominently in these shows. And of course, I was thrilled um, uh, that this thing had come back around. I mean, it's bigger now than it was when I did it, you know. Uh, so uh, the world works in wonderful and mysterious ways, and uh, 
I'm always amazed about where I end up because I don't want to do it originally. You know, I'm just, I'm one of these people that probably look really negative, but I say no, and then my wife makes me do it. And then I'm thrilled that I did it, you know, rather than just flowing along with it and, and doing it. So anyway, everybody's different. But um, yeah, so, uh, but doing art in space, you know, after thinking about that soon after I did it, you know, I realized that I'm just planting this seed in this idea that artists go to space, you know, put something in space. It's different than an artist working in space. That's what I really want to do. I'm, I won't get that chance because I'm too old, but I might get to see somebody, another artist, get there and work in zero gravity. This is a sculptor's dream. <laughs> we are plagued by gravity. We, we're, we work with gravity every day, and sometimes it beats us up. And if the sculpture's really great, you don't even notice that the gravity's involved. But if you've got a studio with zero gravity, you're putting something here and something there and something over here without having to connect them with these uh, difficult armatures. Painting be even more fun because you're throwing paint here and here and you're, you're doing a line here. You have it in 3D and the thing can turn. And that's just two of the basic ideas. Once the artist gets into space, into his, you know, orbital studio, other ideas will come. These are earthbound ideas of me <laughs> thinking about doing it. If I was there, I'd think, oh, no, you want to do this. This is what you need to do. Probably a bit of a learning process. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this is going to happen. This is coming. Uh, space art is going to be big. I mean, if you're, if you're spending six months trying to get to Mars, uh, if, if you're not doped up and put in a capsule somewhere to wake up later, you're going to want to do something. Yeah, what are you going to do And you're going to want to see something. Um, so it may have a very viable... Um, place in outer space definitely art um so that's that's what's coming okay gotcha and i think that leads into one of our last questions which is kind of going back a little bit into what inspired you to make the moon museum in the first place and go through all of this effort and gathering all of these artists to send this tiny little chip to the moon that's actually an easy answer going to the moon was the biggest thing that happened in my generation. It was evolution, you know, evolution is so slow, man can't see it. It takes millions of years and you look at a fossil record and you say, oh, that's how this evolved. Going to the moon was evolution you could see. People were getting off of this celestial body and going to another one. And we knew the technology was going to revolutionize things. Um, this was the most exciting thing that happened in my generation. Um, the, other sh the, the other space shots that are coming won't seem quite as exciting until they get there and see some amazing thing they had no idea about. Martians. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh sure. Um, so the inspiration was there. I mean, yeah. it was just all over the place. It was like, wow, we're going to the moon. I mean... When, when we went to the moon the first time, 
uh, I was part of a party in Central Park where there was thousands of people. And it was celebratory. Everybody, yeah. all my artist friends were in bars watching it on TV. This is bigger than the Super Bowl. I mean, uh, when uh, Aldrin stepped out onto the moon, it was like, okay, this is a new world. And uh, a lot of the people didn't expect it to really happen. It was, it was that dangerous. You know, the odds were against it. And uh, it, was, it was flawless. And excited. I mean, we were thrilled, you know. And when I got the telegram, you know, a few months later, Apollo 12, that the Moon Museum was on the moon, I mean, I was thrilled. And so... Um, Inspiration seems apparent. Uh, that's the artist's <laughs> best thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I heard there was um, a film happening in Fort Collins that's actually about the Moon Museum, if I'm not incorrect? Well, it's not really. That's just a part of it. It's okay. about, it's, it's called the uh, Art and Times of Frosty Myers. Oh, awesome. A lot of it has to do with this uh, uh, renaissance that took place in New York City and, um, and the different uh, things that were going on at the time. Very exciting time. I mean, there were big cultural things happening. Uh, uh, civil rights was the biggest thing that that uh, that I'd ever uh, ever seen. I, I never expected. I was raised in the South, so I never expected to see that happen. So when it happened, uh, it was thrilling, you know. Like he, here now, we're going to get rid of uh, segregation, you know. And Martin Luther King is probably one of the biggest geniuses of our day. Um, figured out how to do it. It was just it was such a puzzle. And then there was the women's liberation movement. These are all happening at the same time. Uh, this, was, this was huge. Uh, uh, the sexual revolution, uh, gay rights. This is all going on at the same time we're going to the moon. I mean, uh, this was a, a real exciting time. And that's all in the movie? Pardon? That's all in the movie? That's on the movie while well, talking wow. about it. And, and pictures of this, this time, you know, and pictures of the artists that were working uh, at this time, and um, original music, a lot of original music, and uh, it's probably one of the best home movies ever made. Right on. <laughs> yeah. And that's a good and endorsement in, right there. It's been in seven film festivals. It's won oh, awards. Wow. So it got much bigger than the home movie we thought it was. Well, congratulations, Frosty. Yeah, where, thank you. Where is the movie playing in Fort Collins? Well, let me see here. It'll be at the Lyric. Lyric, okay. So on North College, and it's at 5 p.m. tonight. Now, tomorrow night at the University Center for the Arts in the Oregon Recital Hall, Frosty's going to be giving an artist talk, followed by a reception in the museum. Exciting. So, and that's all open to everyone. Wonderful. So uh, for anyone who'd like to learn more about the Moon Museum, or about Frosty, or about the Gregory Alcar exhibit, or just the museum in general, uh, where can they go? And this is open to everyone in the room. Well, probably the easiest place to go is artmuseum.colostate.edu. Gotcha. All right. And where can they go to find out about more of your work, Frosty? Um, well, uh, www.forestmyers, one word, F-O-R-R-E-S-T-M-Y-E-R-S.com, and turn up the music. Oh, all right. Well, thank you, gentlemen, so much for coming into the studio today. It's been an absolute pleasure to listen to your stories and just uh, meet you. 
really. It's an honor. <laughs> thank you. So yeah. thank Thanks you so much. And before we let you guys go, is there anything else you'd like to add about the museum, about uh, your work, anything you'd like to add at all? I'm just, I'm, I'm excited. My eyes are wide open here. I mean, this is, this is a, a different environment for me, you know. Um, although I'm used to great museums, uh, having a show here in Fort Collins is uh, a big deal for me, and I'm, I'm very appreciative. And uh, great campus, marching band, aces, oh yeah. So, um, Ren's involved with the marching band, so she loves to hear that. <laughs> I, I had trout for lunch, and I'm whole time I'm driving here from uh, uh, Steamboat Bend. I'm driving along this trout river. It goes on forever. It's like 50 miles long or something. And there's all these trout hatcheries and fishing stations and guys out in there, waders. And so I get to lunch today and order trout. You got to. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. What a life. What a life. It's, I love Colorado. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was Frosty Myers, the creator of the Moon Museum.